So when I saw Webster's approach here, I just thought that is brilliance. That is shrinking the whole thing into something you can see. It's manageable. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, Andrew, this week we're talking about a subject that you enjoy very much and to me is a little bit overwhelming. No, Unit 6, yes, it's my favorite of all the units. And and I think it's overwhelming for me because I still remember writing a paper when I was 5th or 6th grade, Everything You Want to Know About Horses. Oh, everything. And that was the thing is my teacher said you couldn't possibly include everything in this paper, so it's not a good paper. And I was very disappointed. Oh. But I did the whole note cards and researching and reading the encyclopedia, and I, I worked really hard so on that. So your teacher was critical because you titled it Everything You Would Want to Know About Horses, mm-hmm. and what you gave her was some interesting stuff about horses. I thought it was somewhat interesting, yes. Yeah, but she didn't She didn't think the title and the content matched up. Right. I think the most overwhelming part of it, though, just the whole assignment was just blah, yeah. and I'm glad I didn't ever have to do it again. Yes. Well, a lot of people are. They, mm-hmm. they get through that big note card research stack of books and takes weeks and weeks and somehow produce something at the end, but there's a fuzziness. There's yeah. a, a lack of clarity. How... How did I just do what I did? Right, right. Uh, and then, of course, you know, usually you get help if if a teacher can help, great. And in in my case, uh, I don't know about you, but it was mom. Mm. She she rescued me. Mm-hmm. I had the great stack of note cards mm-hmm. and the great stack of books, and and I did exactly what the teacher said: spread the note cards out, mm-hmm. you know, on the floor of the table, and then kind of organize them into groups. And then that'll help you make your outline. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, the the note cards are going under the piano and out the hall toward the front door. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what am mm-hmm. I going to do with all these note cards? And so when I saw Webster's approach here, I just thought that is brilliance. Mm-hmm. That is shrinking the whole thing into something you can see. It's manageable. You can... You can see the trees and you can see the forest. You can see the details in the process and not get swallowed up by it. Well, and I know as af- after having taught this unit, I definitely see that, that the value of it and that it's absolutely doable. You can do a unit six type exercise the way we teach it in just a matter of, well, hours, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're just dealing with one topic, mm-hmm. you know, one paragraph's worth of information, and you've got materials which are at or below your reading level, mm-hmm. you should be able to use multiple sources, create some source outlines, fuse an outline and write a paragraph in, yeah, hour and a half, two, two at the max. 
So I am aware that there might be some listeners who are not familiar with the Unit 6 model. What's it for? What what problem are we trying to solve? So why don't you just start right there? Well, okay. It's called Summarizing Multiple References. Mm -hmm. And we're building off, of course, Unit 4, which is Summarizing a Reference. Right. So in Unit 4, we teach uh, a few things. One, the topic clincher paragraph model. Mm -hmm. That topic clincher model is so elegant because it is a way to it is a way for a student to know, okay, I repeat or reflect two or three keywords in the first and the last sentence of the paragraph, thereby making it uh, cohesive, thereby mm-hmm. uh, tying it together, making it a unit of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we continue that in unit five, six, seven, eight. Then in unit four, we talk about summarizing as choosing some facts mm-hmm. from too many facts. Right. So unit four, you have one source of information with too many facts. So how do you choose? And uh, it's worth mentioning again because it's just so clever. Mm-hmm. In fact, <laughs> maybe I should put on my headstone, invented the word, <laughs> summarize. Summarize. Because, you know, you look at summarize, S-U-M-M-A-R-I-Z-E, and, and what do you think subconsciously? Some, all, total. Mm-hmm. That's math talk, some. Right. Which reminds me of a joke I just saw. <laughs> well, you have to tell it. Not all math puns are bad. Just some of them. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> anyway, so you, you're choosing some facts, but not all. So properly spelled, the word should be S-O-M-E mm-hmm. hyphen A hyphen R-I-Z-E, mm-hmm. unless you're in Canada, mm-hmm. R-I-Z-E, mm-hmm. or, or Australia, or yeah. <laughs> Any other place that they don't yeah. have confusing letters. Uh, so that is so freeing to the students. So in Unit 4, we're working with that. Mm-hmm. Too many facts. You choose some, ignore the others, choose what's interesting, important, or relevant, write, write those facts into keywords, and then write those keywords into a summary. Mm-hmm. Now in Unit 6, you've got more than one source. So then you have too many sources with too many facts. Mm-hmm. So you have that added step. So you have different sources. Most people today, when they think research, will think, you know, you go to the Internet mm-hmm. and that's where you get information. <laughs> Maybe you find yourself in a very safe place like, you know, Britannica mm-hmm. or Smithsonian. Or maybe you find yourself in a place that's a little too commercial, so the Mm -hmm. information is skewed. Or you find yourself in a very dangerous place where you can't necessarily believe (laughs) anything you read. (laughs) Uh, Which is why, you know, it's always worth pointing out when we're helping parents and teachers with Unit 6 and research that children today really do need more guidance in learning how to search and understand domain names and make judgment calls about whether this information looks reliable or not. It's it's not the, the simple, easy world of our youth. So clickbait.com slash <laughs> gorillas would, might not be a good place to find accurate information. Possibly not. Possibly not. I, I do kind of mourn the demise of the paper encyclopedia mm-hmm. because it, it was such a useful tool for children to be able to say, okay, my subject is, mm-hmm. you know, horses. Mm-hmm. You remember that one. I do. I remember Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and you, I did this great, huge, long 
country report on Japan in mm-hmm. fourth grade or something. With lots of maps and pictures in it to make it look longer? Some maps and pictures, <laughs> yeah. But the encyclopedia is helpful in that you can kind of see all the information there just by flipping a few pages. A website is is a mystery. It's it's a you know, a page within a page. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it doesn't give you a sense of the scope of the whole very easily or quickly. There may be a lot of useful information and different layers of a web page that you're going to go through. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it, it's very narrow in its particulars and it's only telling you about one aspect of your subject. The encyclopedia was such a good starting place because it would generally have these little subheadings. And so you could turn to horses and see all the possible things you could talk about horses, all the possible topics or Japan or, you know, samurais mm-hmm. or whatever you're wanting to, to research. And, and so uh, I do think it's nice to have an, a set of actual book, paper, encyclopedias well, around. And I think most libraries still have encyclopedias. Sure. And they may not be – Absolutely current. So if you're studying, you know, quantum computers or something, right, right. you might not be able to find an article on that. Yeah. But if you're studying the Peloponnesian War, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot new mm-hmm. that's been discovered in the last 20 years mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any case, but then there's online encyclopedias that are mm-hmm. almost as good. One of the things we talk about in the TWSS is the different types of sources and some of the advantages and disadvantages. But really, you know, it's from websites to books to encyclopedias, including videos, Mm -hmm. History Channel off YouTube, or even journal articles. Uh, A lot of what used to be in the, I know you're going to laugh when I say this, Reader's Guide to Periodical Literature. (laughs) I wonder how many of our listeners are old enough to know what that is. (laughs) But yes, in middle school, we we trooped down to the library en masse, and they taught us how to use the microfilm Mm -hmm. and find what we needed in in the reader's guide to – or what would – we would use the reader's guide to periodical literature, find the name of the article, and then have to go look on the microfiche Mm -hmm. to find the article. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was, I must confess, pretty darn tedious. (laughs) (laughs) But the equivalent of that today is, of course, the online databases. Right. You know, uh, JSTOR, LexisNexis, a lot of kids who are in schools, particularly high school, will have uh, access to an online database, which contains all of the, you know, scholarly work that is available in that database. Um, Kids who are part of uh, homeschool speech and debate usually uh, access information through, I think, the LexisNexis and and if you're not part of a school or a group that uh, provides that, you can usually get it through your library mm, membership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where you get some of the, you know, more primary types of sources, the, the people who actually did the research and wrote the article, rather than the New York Times reporter summarizing that research right. or article, or then the so-and-so who summarized the New York Times article – and then the blogger who summarized the summary <laughs> of the summary of so, right. Uh, so I, I do just I would just kind of wrap that up by underscoring the importance of of consciously working with kids today mm-hmm. to help them learn online research skills and to encourage them, if possible, go to a library, learn how to find a real book, 
and, and use that. I believe that February is National Library Month. Oh. So we've now given two or three plugs to go to the library. So yeah. Yeah. moms, teachers, today's the, this is the month to do that. This would be the month. And it's usually bad weather in a lot of places. <laughs> so, you know, you can't play outside. Why not? Go to the library. Go learn how to do research yes. in the library. Yes. Uh, so uh, sources of information, you have multiple sources. Could be two, three, mm-hmm. four, more. I know that there's a competition. I had some students participate one year in the National History Day, mm-hmm. nhd.org, I believe it is. And they like to have in their projects minimum of 12 and mm. usually up up into getting close to 20 right. different sources of information that they would cite in their But new uh, teachers, new to our system, or younger students, just starting with a couple is okay, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Webster said he used to just use two different encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. And once they could do that, he would then use three different encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. Then he'd use two encyclopedias and a book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even with advanced students uh, who are learning the process, materials that are well organized mm-hmm. are right. the best. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, when we teach this in the TWSS, we use the mini books, infamous mm-hmm. elephant mini books. Elephant mini books. <laughs> which are contrived mm-hmm. to have overlapping topical information. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, five of them, and we go through and list the five topics in each of the five books. We see there's 25 mini, paragra- mini chapters, paragraphs, and some topics have two. Some have three, some have four, some have Mm -hmm. five. And uh, just go through that process. And it's amazing how many adults I have met, I mean, who've been through graduate school. Right. And they come to the course, they do the unit six practicum, and almost everybody says, ah, if only I had known this when I was in school. Mm -hmm. So the application is is across grade level. Mm -hmm. I mean – it can work in grade three with your little cute report, and it can work all the way up into, you know, a research process right. at a advanced or professional level. Right. Now, there's a there's a limit to how many paragraphs this would be. Well, technically, unit six assignments, as we include them in Sarah theme-based writing lessons or our uh, video classes or whatnot – one or two or three paragraphs. And so why, why, why stop at three? Well, you could do more. Mm-hmm. You could do more. But we look at unit six not as this is a product. Mm-hmm. This is a research report that we're going to hang on the wall and say, oh, isn't this wonderful, a product. This is actually one of those units that teaches a skill that we will apply – in a later unit, mm-hmm. which would look more like a finished product. And that is, of course... The unit eight. The unit eight. Which we'll get to in a couple months. Mm-hmm. So with the formal essays, uh, we're working with five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, thirty-eight paragraphs, whatever you <laughs> right. want. And the idea is to understand that when you have a subject, like horses, mm-hmm. like Japan you would list possible topics. Mm -hmm. That would be the second step. Mm -hmm. And then when you see all the possible topics, you then would say, well, how many do I need? How many do I need? If my goal is to write one paragraph, then I just choose one topic. Mm -hmm. Boom. If I need two, I would choose two. If I need three, I would choose three. Once you have three topics, you're kind of at a point where it almost 
begs for some framework, some some introductory and concluding material, some embedded repetition. And so that's when we would say beyond three, you're, you really want to look at a unit eight model as a finished product. Right. One of the things, though, that I, I try to suggest is when you're choosing your, well, two or three topics for unit six, and, and even when you're choosing three or more topics for unit eight, you would want to choose topics that kind of fit well together. Okay. Right? So if you're writing about, you know, California, Mm -hmm. then uh, try to choose topics that might fit. So Mm -hmm. you might have beautiful beaches Mm -hmm. and stunning mountains and picturesque deserts. Exactly. Uh, Those would fit together nicely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas if you wanted to write about the traffic and pollution in Los Angeles. You could also write about other unpleasant things you might experience in California. But don't, you know, don't try to write about the history of California in one paragraph, the government of California in another one, and the beaches. Those right. are too too disparate. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an idea in Unit 6. The other thing I kind of uh, point out in Unit 6 to people who are listening uh, or watching the TWSS is um, for kids, more frequent, shorter assignments mm-hmm. tend to be better. Right. Um, what do children enjoy the most about schoolwork? Being done. Being finished, yes. That's what everybody likes about work, yes, right? Right. Being finished. So if you do more frequent, shorter assignments, mm-hmm. you're you done get more to often. Be finished more frequently. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're happier. Yep. You get the joy of being done. Also, it's, it's better for teachers because you have a smaller loop. Mm-hmm. So if you've got kids who spend, you know, two or three weeks on a great huge project, right. it's hard to figure out, okay, what do they need to learn? Who understood what? What needs to be retaught? How do mm-hmm. we refine this thing? Because you're just all exhausted from, from doing this big, huge thing. Yes. I think of when I wrote my paper on horses, and it was probably five or six pages, with lots of pictures and <laughs> maps and all that. And I thought, oh, how overwhelming this is. But now that you're talking about that, I think about my poor teacher, Mrs. Jensen, who had to read all those papers. Yes. That would be overwhelming as well. So I was suppose that short, frequent assignments would be good for the teacher as Better well. Better for the teachers. Um, doesn't take so long and mm-hmm. feel like such a burden to deal with the, the whole pile of them. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you say, here, let's do a paragraph. And then you determine that some of the students maybe didn't quite understand fully. Mm-hmm. Well, you can reteach right there and do another one just like that. And then you can determine, okay, there's some more refinement. You can discuss that, represent, talk to kids individually, be sure they got it. Do one more kind of just like that. And that's going to be a better process and a better end result than doing all three at once. Right. right. And saying, uh-oh. Now you didn't understand and you you kind of messed it up all three of these things. You see what I mean? Right. And then I know that you, you talk about this also in the TWSS. You can actually repurpose that Unit 6 assignment, save it for later. Yeah. Well, that's what we actually do in the practicums mm-hmm. just to have mercy on all those people who want to do the instructor certification yes. program. <laughs> because to become a registered instructor with IEW, mm-hmm. uh, you have to do the practicum exercise for all nine units. Yes, you do. And it's um, so worth it. It is so worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, 
I don't think I have ever met one teacher who went through that whole mm-hmm. process and submitted it with the fee who didn't say, I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah. I'm glad I did that. I mm-hmm. learned by doing mm-hmm. that. I'm a better teacher because mm-hmm. of it. So anyone who's kind of on the fence about that, you know, they've watched the videos or came to a, a workshop and, you know, you've got half of it done. Well, just keep going. I mean, take it to completion. But uh, one of the things we do in that is we say, aha, in unit two, you wrote a paragraph about elephants and infrasound. Mm -hmm. And in unit four, you wrote a paragraph about the species of elephants. And unit six, you wrote a paragraph from multiple references, the elephant mini books, on either something like habitat, behavior, domestication, infrasound, right? You now have three paragraphs on elephants. Use those. For your unit eight, mm-hmm. you don't have to write a whole new essay. You don't mm-hmm. have to think up something from scratch. Just go ahead and add a conclusion introduction, and and there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is really helpful in the classroom because if you say, you know, to the students, okay, your first unit eight is five paragraphs, and you have to write all five, right? You know, in however many days or weeks you have, and this is especially true with younger students. Mm-hmm. That's a little harder. Whereas if you say, aha, look, you've got three paragraphs about something you already wrote. Right. Let's now focus on what it would look like to add the conclusion structure Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. introduction material. And now you've got your first five-paragraph completed one. That gives a better understanding. Right. So, yep, I do love Unit 6. And I think what you see is that if students, when they're young – get a chance to practice this process, they really kind of internalize it Mm -hmm. more. The two things they take into their uh, years as they get older, as become older students, and the skill that lasts into university or or work Mm -hmm. is this idea of filter, fuse, Mm -hmm. organize, present. Mm -hmm. Filter, fuse, organize, present. Mm -hmm. It's a process. It's It's a thinking habit, if you mm-hmm. will, that fights against the problem of being overwhelmed with too much information. Right. And even as you mentioned that filter, fuse, organize, present, those are probably other writing programs may talk about those things, but we actually teach how to do each one of those step by step. Yeah, so, in I a like very that. clear, easy to see mechanical way. And you know, uh, I have this little group of kids I'm teaching right mm-hmm. now, and uh, it's, uh, they're all like grade three to five, I think. And uh, we just finished unit six because we're we're coming to the spring, so mm-hmm. we're going to move into unit seven. But it was just so exciting for me to see how these kids got this process mm-hmm. by us doing it together mm-hmm. a few times yes. with contrived source texts mm-hmm. that, that I provided to them. And then when I said, okay, go get your own materials and do the same thing, they understood what to do. And your assignment that you gave them was on a country. It was. Right. Yep. And so did that like bring memories back a little bit? <laughs> yeah, and a couple of them wrote about Japan. Yes, they did. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, the, uh, the whole idea of we learn a process in a, I don't know, what would you say, almost a mechanical mm-hmm. way. That some people criticize Mm -hmm. as being too formulaic or Mm -hmm. too rigid. But that creates a thinking that then the creativity and the flexibility can 
can build on that structure. It's like a skeleton. You know, if you don't have a skeleton, you're not going to have much of a body. Well, and you know, I like to think of it as fences on a playground. And you know, my undergraduate degree is in recreation. Yes, it is. And that was the big debate that we had back in the 80s. Should we remove fences from playgrounds? And what they found is playgrounds that had fences around them, the children played more freely because they knew where their boundaries were. Interesting. So there you go. We're providing the structure now so they can have the freedom to play within mm-hmm. that structure. Yeah. Well, we've certainly seen that firsthand. And, um, and, and then, of course, I've met countless. I mean, I really can't count. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honestly, I'm sure I could have. I mean, it's not an infinite number, (laughs) but there's so many, it would have been very hard to count the grown-up kids, the the IEW graduates. The where are they now kids. Yeah, they're now in their 20s or older, Mm -hmm. and they are, you know, in in school, in graduate school, Mm -hmm. working, having become, you know, professionals, lawyers, Mm -hmm. researchers, teachers in their own right, homeschool parents, and, and, you know, they will reflect back. And very often, you know, they'll say, yes, when I got to school and had to do this, it was just natural. Mm -hmm. I, I knew what to do. I didn't have to figure it out. Whereas a lot of my peers, you know, my roommate Mm -hmm. and his girlfriend, they, I had to teach him how to right. do this. Right. And so it's just one of those things like riding a bike or mm-hmm. swimming. If you learn it and practice it when you're young, you have it for life. Right. If you don't, then you can get overwhelmed and right. confused by by the nature of too much information these days. Right. So spending about, what, 20 to 30, maybe up to an hour each day of this process – how long would it take you to do three paragraphs? Well, um, you know, depending on the age of the child, the reading level of the materials, mm-hmm. the familiarity of the subject matter, mm-hmm. the amount of practice they've had so far. Uh, but if you think, okay, you know, five to ten, maybe 15 minutes max to choose five facts from one source, five facts from a second source, five facts from a third source. So. You're looking somewhere in the in the range of thirty to forty five minutes. Okay. Um, keyword, keyword outlines keyword done. Keyword outlines, and then you fuse it together. Okay. Source keyword outlines done. Then you fuse. Fuse. I mean, how long can that take? You've got, you know, nine to fifteen, maybe twenty facts you want to choose now. Mm-hmm. A certain number, five, six, seven, whatever, and organize those. So you know, if you're thinking carefully, maybe another ten, fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Write one paragraph. I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten sentences Mm -hmm. with a dress-up checklist or maybe some sentence openers, you know, easy plus one style checklist. Right, right. Half an hour. Yeah. Get someone to edit that for you, recopy it over another 15, 20 minutes, two hours max. So that same report that I did on horses that you did on Japan, maybe a shorter version of that, two hours. Well, per week. Per topic. Per topic, right. And. So, you know, if you did two or three in a week. Yeah. Um, but what I would guess is if, if you look at our kids, if you look at the mm-hmm. students I'm teaching, it might have taken them two hours, the first paragraph, first topic. Right. But after the third or fourth assignment, they are whipping through this thing in half that time. Right. Um, because they know much better. With their, and, of course, there's a variation. Some kids, especially young ones, they just 
put letters on paper faster,、mm-hmm. and some are still a little bit slower、yep. on that.、Yep. But it's it's a reasonable、mm-hmm. uh, project, and of course, you know, always reminding parents and teachers, don't have the over expectation that the student is going to become independent according to your hope、yep. or your belief, or worse. Uh, assume that because you explained what to do, <laughs> they should be able to just go do it.、Yes. Uh, very often, the trick in teaching this is to do it together. Yes. And hey, let's all get the same source. Let's all do it on the whiteboard. You copy what I'm doing, and take it to the point where, you know, you're sure everything has been done,、uh, so they can have success and write it up. And then、mm-hmm. the next assignment, say, okay, here you choose. Well, we'll do the the. Source outlines together. Now you get to fuse it yourself and、right. write it out. Okay, you got the hang of it. Now try this on your own. Okay, you got the hang of it. Now, here's your subject. Go. Right. But、uh, we need that runway. We、mm-hmm. re- need that modeling, and then the kids have the confidence, and they're they're so much happier in the end. Well, I love how the system takes something that was so complicated and now makes it so accessible. To all kids everywhere, everybody is now happier because no more note cards, just <laughs> clear understanding of how to do a research paper. Thank you. It is always good to talk about my favorite unit. <laughs>、yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at iew.com/podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Pudwa and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. Thank you.